0: This is the BBC.
1: This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK.
2: BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts.
3: I thought we were going back to Spain.
0: Episode 7, which we called Spain, was an absolute game-changer for me in terms of the amount of information I received and the potential quality of the information I received. Even if there wasn't this wretched coronavirus going around we still would not have been going to Spain as we had planned. You will often see or hear senior police officers on the telly, on the radio talking about fast moving investigations, rapidly changing direction. Well this is no different. That is why we are now in the northwest of England once again and not on an aeroplane
2: this is manhunt finding kevin parle he just leaned out of the back of the, uh,
4: the drivers and put his fingers up and, to and smashed through my fence because he couldn't
2: go through the gate peter blexley's real-time hunt for a fugitive takes him back to the northwest of england
5: paramedics are seen standing over his body he'd been hit by five bullets from an uzi submachine gun wielded by this man 38 year old mark fellows from warrington a hitman nicknamed The Iceman. He was convicted of murder by a jury at Liverpool Crown Court.
1: Warrington's, it's traditionally sort of, well, obviously it's bang in the middle of Manchester and Liverpool, so I think increasingly over the past few years, it's been something, it's been a ter- territory that these two, you know, the, the criminals in Liverpool, the criminals in Manchester, they've been looking to Warrington to to kind of take over that area. It's a, it's a big town, it's 200,000 people. The motorway links, you know, you can be in the centre of Liverpool or Manchester within half an hour. So, you know, it's it's a good market for them.
2: And why the devastating coronavirus pandemic might actually help to find Kevin
0: Paul. Well, I suspect he's been pretty good at battening down the hatches over the years and not being seen when he didn't want to be seen. And this might play into his hands. Conversely, it might not because he might have to put his head above the parapet to go and buy some provisions and perhaps if he's in an area that is not crowded as a result of the coronavirus lockdown then he might even stand out a bit more
2: episode 10 the change of plan
0: if you want a really selfish thought here i'm hoping that people when they are in lockdown will want to listen to podcasts and they'll listen to this and they will become more eyes and ears looking out and listening out for Kevin Park.
2: Since episode seven, the first of the Spain episodes, there's been a big spike in the information Peter has been getting.
3: You did receive a communication from someone who was in Benidorm a bit later than those original sightings, 2006, 2007. This was a bit later than that. Let's have a listen to what he said.
5: I was staying for a week in a villa there with some friends. We were there for a stag do. While we were there, we met up with some friends and Kevin was a friend of them. He was also friends with the guy who owned the villa. We met him three or four times over the time we were there. He was, as you described them in the podcast, unmistakable, big. I would take issue with one thing you said. He wasn't ginger. I'd say he was more strawberry blonde. He was working. I think he was doing up a house, decorating, something like that. He hung around with a short guy believe it or not, called Little Legs. And the first time I saw Kevin was when we arrived at the villa and he gave us the keys, showed us around, and then buggered off. We then saw him another three times, usually for the same reason, he came to sort something out at the villa.
0: Well, once again, it's the Costa Blanca, it's Benidorm, it's that region, that area. And we know that Par has been there, potentially very recently, but if he has, and he's listening to this, or he's listened to previous episodes, then he will have had it on his toes and be gone from there. And the most recent information that I've received, which I am told by sources is current, would indicate that he's not in Spain any longer.
2: More and more people have been coming forward with accounts of meeting Kevin Paul, and this enables Peter to get more information about his character.
0: Some of the information I'm getting is current. It's who he may be connected to, who might be looking after him, the places where he could quite possibly be. But other bits of the information, which I welcome just as much, are dated. They come from some years ago. But that is also important, and these people that I'm speaking to are potentially giving me stuff of enormous relevance because past behaviour so often gives you an indicator as to how someone's going to behave in the future. So I don't care how old the information is. I really don't. It's all potentially very helpful.
3: So we're driving up a farm track somewhere in the north of England, and we're going to go and meet somebody who's going to tell us a story from the past of Kevin Paul.
0: Back in the early days of my hunt, for Paul, uh, a former cop got in touch who was now retired and living abroad enjoying the sunshine but this cop said to me my retirement is blighted and my sleep is interrupted by the fact that we never caught Kevin Powell and he was very supportive of what I'm doing I strongly suspect that the person we're going to speak to now may give a very, very clear indicator as to why that retired cop is so keen to see Paul captured. Because, to use that cop's words, he said, "Paul took the piss out of us." Hi, how, are
3: you, doing? how are you doing? Very well, thank you.
0: Should we do elbows? Yeah, let's do the elbows. Yeah. There, there you go. Very good to <laughs> meet nice you. Nice to meet you. Very nice good to nice meet you. you. I come bearing gifts. Oh, hey, thank you very much. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, thank you. Indeed. Did you find it all right? So, tell me what happened.
4: Well, it was about 14 years ago. I think it was the month of September. I was uh, ploughing one of my fields on the other side of the motorway, and uh, all of a sudden I saw this uh, old Land Rover Discovery flying around my fields. So, I. Uh, Lifted the plough out the ground and took chase, and uh, he was looking for a, an exit out of the farm because the gates were shut, and he smashed through my fence onto the lane and away.
0: Pretty desperate.
4: Desperate measures, yeah. Right. And then when I was going back up to the farm, I realised, I, I just kept thinking, how's he got onto my land? How's he got onto my land? And he'd, through, he'd come down the embankment of the motorway, smashed through the fence onto my drive, and was looking for an escape route.
0: Driven down the embankment of the motorway, yeah, yeah, crashed through your fence, yeah,
4: through the motorway fence, yeah.
0: Driven round your land looking yeah. for an escape route, yeah. You've seen him, yeah, chased him, yeah. How close did you get to him?
4: Probably 10 15 yards away, and he just leaned out to the back of the, uh, the driver's and put his fingers up and ta da. And, Smashed through my fence because he couldn't go through the gate. So he
0: gave you a two-fingered salute, Two did he? Two-fingered salute, yeah. Right, and you chased him in your tractor, I take yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. OK. Was anybody else in the car with you? Yeah, there was another bloke in with
4: him. I couldn't describe him, really. He was just on the passenger side.
0: How much damage did he cause to your property?
4: Uh, just smashed me wooden fence down, uh, which wasn't a big deal. you know. just a more of a hassle than a, than a, a big deal, really
0: two fences so one where he came then off, he the, came right off right the motorway
4: initially yeah. and then the um, the fence next to my metal gate yeah your Not, metal gates
0: uh, looked pretty sturdy so I take it he didn't want to take those on did
4: mm, he? that's right yeah. Yeah.
0: and I just had a feeling
4: that it was someone up to no, no good so what could I do you know so I come under the here yeah, came onto the field I was I stopped roughly about here on the tractor and he was say 10 15 yards there, turned round to me, put the fingers up to me and smashed through my fence there yeah. and onto the road and gone. And that was the last I saw sort of him.
0: Why do you think he came off the motorway and crashed onto your land?
4: Well, when I found out afterwards that he'd been, you know, what the crimes he'd done, I think he probably, the, jun- the next junction was only a mile away from where he came down the embankment. And my thoughts were he was going to get intercepted maybe by the police or he was being chased. I've, I've no idea. I don't know. That's, that's my theory.
0: Yeah, I suspect he might have looked in the rearview mirror and thought he was either being kept under surveillance yeah. or they'd put the blue lights on and were trying to get him to stop. Yeah. And he clearly had no intention of doing that. No. How long afterwards did the police come and see you?
4: Oh, I'd say within... Within an hour or two, they were here. Uh, Two detectives come to see me and then they told me what the situation was. I sort of cornered him and his decision was to go through the wooden fence.
0: Yeah. You've cornered him back on the other side? Yeah. Yeah. How many close shaves, lucky escapes, call them what you will, has this bloke had?
3: I was just thinking that. How many times have we heard the police being that close to him?
0: Yeah. Here and in other places. Some stage the lights got running. On. Yeah, yeah, and it will.
2: Peter is being told that Kevin Powell may now be linked to a gang dispute, which has been going on in Salford and Manchester since 2015. Now you may remember in our last program we featured the murder of 55-year-old Paul Massey who was shot five times outside his home in Salford on the 26th of July. Well tonight we can exclusively reveal a very significant reward is now being offered on the case. DCI Howard Millington is here. Detective, what can you tell us? What are you announcing tonight?
4: I'd like to announce a £50,000 reward for information that leads to the arrest and conviction of the person or persons responsible for this brutal
5: crime.
2: So a reward of £50,000, what do you know about the offender?
5: These were the final minutes of Paul Massey's life. The man, once labelled Salford's Mr Big, caught on CCTV, buying items in a local store, just a few minutes before he would be ambushed, attacked and murdered by a masked gunman. He leaves the store and drives home in his silver BMW and it was on his driveway that he was gunned down, on July the 26th, 2015.
0: One of the many sources that came forward and spoke to me after episode seven, over the course of a number of conversations which are ongoing, said to me that a man named Michael Carroll is connected, currently connected, to Park. The Michael Carroll I'm talking about has criminal convictions, is from Manchester, and is actually notorious. His name has been mentioned in a number of recent criminal trials for very serious offences. Courts have been told that Michael Carroll rang detectives three times in connection with one investigation And that was an investigation into the shooting of a woman and her child son. They were shot in their own home.
3: There's been escalating violence between rival groups here and a separate dispute between other groups in another part of Salford culminated on Monday with the shooting of seven-year-old Christian Hickey and his mum Jane on the doorstep of their home in Eccles. At the Eccles Boxing School, where Christian is a junior member, news of what happened to him came as a shock. I was mortified,
4: really. It's, um, it's something that should never happen to anybody, but uh, to happen to a young boy
3: like uh, Christian, then it's, it's not very nice at all. Today, the police said they'd now established that the gun used to shoot Christian and his mum had actually been used in eight different shooting incidents in the Greater Manchester area. So they now know more about the weapon used, but they still don't have are the names of the attackers.
6: There's been speculation in the press that the violence here in Salford is the result of a power struggle between gangs or a turf war over drugs. But in reality, it seems it's been triggered by a personal dispute between what were originally all members of the same criminal group. And that's now escalated. We've seen sensitive police documents that describe the origin of the feud as a number of fallouts between individuals originally all members of a gang called the a Team.
0: Michael Carroll is reputed to be the leader of a very notorious Manchester gang called the Anti-A-Team. They were born out of a rivalry and a falling out and a conflict with another gang in Manchester called the A-Team, that used to be headed up by a man called Paul Massey. Well, Paul Massey
3: got shot dead it's important to point out that the Michael Carroll that is believed, according to your informant, to be connected with Kevin Powell is himself not wanted for any criminal acts at all, is he? He's not. No, no, he's a, he's not a fugitive. No.
0: Michael Carroll is not currently a fugitive, but I've heard that he's been living out of the country for the last five years. He has a wife, children... He may have been out of the country for years, but there are newspaper articles from this year, from February, where his name gets mentioned.
3: Let's hear a clip of your informant. Clearly the informant is going to remain anonymous. So their words are, again,
7: spoken by an actor. Ken used to live on Villamar. Merseyside police turned up at Villamar and saw him there about nine years ago. They went into the bar and stood out like sore thumbs. Everyone could tell they were police, so parle shot off. parle then went off the radar for about three months before resurfacing. parle was in Benidorm as recently as 12 months ago. He was hanging around with a lad called Leon Cullen from Warrington. Cullen has just been arrested in Dubai about a month ago. Cullen and Parle were connected to a guy called Michael Carroll from Salford. Carroll was the leader of a Salford gang called the Anti-A-Team. Carroll's now in Dubai. I think Parle is too. Thing is, it costs five grand a month to live out there, so you've got to be working for someone because no one's going to give you five grand a month for nothing. As long as Parle is serving a purpose, whoever's working with him will keep him hidden away. They all think it's safe out there because there's no extradition with England. They all go out there and float between Dubai and Thailand. It's always Pattaya, but they hook up with a Thai bird and disappear into the villages. When they're in Dubai or Spain or wherever, they've always got their little gangster slags hanging around with them. Parle won't return to Spain and he won't go anywhere near Amsterdam. It's well known who does what. I heard that a man grasped Leon Cullen up and that a man got shot at when he returned to Warrington a couple of weeks ago. Paul hangs around with another man who's also from the south side of Liverpool like him. He got arrested in Dubai, but he got bail for some reason. I've heard he's very, very dangerous. Gang of Salford lads went out to Spain to shoot Carroll, but got arrested.
3: Tell me why you are taking the alleged connection between... Carol and Paul, why are you taking this so seriously? Because the source
0: has told me lots of different pieces of information which I have then gone out and researched and been able to corroborate. The source has said so-and-so has a connection to so-and-so who then shot so-and-so and it all checks out. Everything I've been told checks out. I have really interrogated this informant and their information repeatedly well how did you hear this how did you get to know this is this what you think or is this what you know and each and every time this source has come back to me with information that I've been able to largely verify
2: the sightings and the intelligence are concentrated around three places. Spain, Thailand and Dubai.
0: Michael Carroll was in Spain at some point and so was Kevin Powell. Michael Carroll is rumoured to have been in Dubai and some of that seems to stack up. Another name was given to me about a wanted criminal who was connected to Michael Carroll. And that is a man by the name of Leon Cullen. Now, Leon Cullen has a twin brother, Anthony Cullen, who is now serving 27 years in jail for drugs and firearms offences. Leon Cullen is wanted in connection with the same offences. So I'm told that Leon Cullen is also connected to Michael Carroll. And in January of this year, Leon Cullen gets arrested in Dubai, where he is still languishing in a jail, awaiting extradition to the UK. Leon Cullen's not been convicted of those. He was wanted for them, he's been arrested, and now he's in jail. All these things that I get told can all be verified. that They all seem to stack up.
1: I'm Adam Everett. I'm the chief reporter at the Warrington Guardian. It's the sort of town where, you know, this, this sort of incident still shocks people. It's it's a big town, but it's it's not Liverpool, it's not Manchester, where, you know, I'm not saying that in these place, in cities that shootings don't shock people, but it, it just doesn't happen in Warrington in, in the same way. Certainly not until the past year or so. I'd say um, guns are... are Obviously, there's been gangs who've been found in possession of firearms before, but I think I think the use of them has been, been, luckily, fairly rare.
0: Based on the conversation we've just had, where I've brought you up to speed with much of what I know, tell me about Leon Cullen and his reputation in Warrington.
1: Yeah, well, uh, Leon Cullen was the head, allegedly, of a gang run alongside his twin brother, Anthony Cullen. This was a gang that shipping huge amounts of cocaine across the country it was it was run almost like a legitimate business you know it had wage bills this sort of thing it had it you know it was very well organized this this business as it was Anthony was captured Leon fled for years well for one year pretty much or no two years in fact there was well Leon was on the run and there was all sorts of rumors about where he was whether that was in Spain whether he was in Dubai, whether he was in Thailand. It was just, um, you know, it was all sorts of rumours flying about town and it became kind of about, there was there was almost like a, a, a myth around him. I don't know how best to describe it. They kind of There was an aura about Leon Cullen and I guess you could say that his legend was kind of growing with each passing week, month, that he was on the run. So there were there were a number of rumours Obviously, I mentioned the, the Spain one before where, you know, that's a pretty standard rumour for a wanted man on the run. Obviously, he was eventually caught in Dubai. Allegedly, he, he went to Dubai and had a face transplant. I, I don't have any uh, indications to say that he has had a face transplant, but you never know. We'll see what he looks like when he gets back to the UK. But, yeah, the, in terms of Dubai, the, the rumour was that he'd been transported by an associate ..to Thailand in a washing machine. Once upon a time, not too
7: long ago we took a day out in Manchester We all fall down. There's not enough hours in a day Three
3: men are facing long jail sentences tonight over a botched gangland hit which resulted in a seven-year-old boy and his mother being shot on their doorstep. Christian Hickey Jr. and his mother Jane were blasted in the legs with a self-loading pistol as they answered the door to their house in Salford.
2: They were the victims of a notorious Salford gang known as the A-Team. Our reporter Eunice Muller joins us now. And Eunice, this was described as the brazen shooting of an innocent seven-year-old.
6: Annabel, Christian Hickey Jr. was left with life-affecting injuries as a result of this shooting uh, on his doorstep. He was stood with his mother, Jane, when they answered the door to a man uh, asking for his father... Christian Hickey, senior. In the moments that followed, an unidentified gunman fired uh, at the pair. They were left with serious injuries in a pool of blood on their uh, in their hallway. In fact, one bullet went through Mrs. Hickey's leg into her son's. Now, today, uh, a number of men who were uh, said to be alleged members of the A Team, a notorious gang in Salford, were convicted for their part in the killing. The three: uh, Carney Thomson, a drug dealer, who. Knocked on the door, Christopher Hall, who drove the getaway car, and Aldair Warmington, who is said to be a senior figure uh, in the gang, were convicted of conspiracy to commit grievous bodily harm with intent and conspiracy to pervert the course of justice. But they were cleared on account of conspiracy to murder. There's no words I I can say for uh, that seven year old at the time being shot. It was just unthinkable, Uh, and that has been. Mine and the team's driver right from the start is to to make sure that we got conviction for that young child. Thankfully today we did.
2: And Eunice, why were they trying to target Christian Hickey Sr.?
6: Well, the family were effectively caught up in a gang war which was taking place on the streets of Salford involving the A-team and a rival faction, a splinter group. And the operation was a revenge mission for the killing of Paul Massey uh, just a few months earlier. He was said to be the mentor of the alleged leader of the A-team and also Christian Hickey, senior, was said to be friends uh, with the uh, alleged leader of this rival uh, faction group, Michael Carroll.
0: I've just rung the front doorbell of a house in Crumpsall, Greater Manchester. The address is linked to Michael Carroll. And last month, February of 2020, two shots were fired into the address, one through a letterbox, um, perhaps in an attempt to injure someone or frighten someone. That's not clear. A woman came to the front window. I've shown her my card and left that with the request that she calls me.
3: And if she does, what are you going to say to her?
0: I'm going to ask her to convey a message to Michael Carroll that I really want to speak to him. Because the information that I've received recently says quite clearly... ...that Carol is linked to Kevin Parr. Currently. Carroll's not wanted for any criminal offences as we speak. Word on the street, of course, and in the media... ...is that Michael Carroll is very much wanted by the A-Team... ...the gang out of Salford, of which uh, Paul Massey was the leader. They would like to speak to Michael Carroll, I think... In fact, they'd probably like to do a lot worse to Michael Carroll if uh, some of the reports are to be believed and the arrests of uh, people connected to the anti-A team, which it is reported Michael Carroll was or perhaps still is the leader of.
3: Bear in mind that the house that you've just been to, they got a knock on the door in February and somebody tried to shoot them. Did you have any concerns about turning up as a stranger at the house? Well, it was in daylight, I was reasonably smartly turned
0: out, I stood well back from the front door, when the lady came to the window I held out my business card, in fact I held it up to the window so that she could clearly see my name, she said that she was on a conference call at the time, so I asked her to call me and put my business card in her letterbox. Today, that lady rang me and believe you me, she is very closely linked to Michael Carroll. I explained to her who I was, what I was doing, and I've asked her to pass a message on to Michael to call me. That message will be passed very soon, I'm sure.
2: Coronavirus forces Peter to return home, but the investigation is still
0: active. I had many other places to go the scenes of other shootings where I was going to hand out flyers and business cards and try to connect people like I always do like the foot slogging soldier that I am handing out flyers connecting with people tell me what you know please and doing what I do because that is so often very successful in terms of getting people to talk to me but clearly last night's Announcement by the Prime Minister would make that, frankly, a ludicrous thing to do. You know, the, the, the time is not right to be knocking on people's doors, getting in front of people and shaking hands and handing out flies. So, unfortunately, our trip has been cut well short. We're on a train. We're going back to London. And we'll do whatever the government tells us to do.
2: Hello, bud. Next time, mission possible.
3: So, you've had a reply back from the intermediary about Mr Carroll? Yes, Okay, so uh, what is the plan? You're stuck where you are and I'm stuck where I am, pretty much. What's your next stage, Peter?
0: in uh, in episode nine, the review, and this person runs a website based in Thailand which gets one million hits a month largely media campaign, I will utilise this website and I'll try to bring as many people in Thailand to make them aware of, of what I'm doing via the pod and, and all of that. Because I can't help but think that to an impoverished person living in a small village in Thailand the lure of the £20,000 reward for the past capture and conviction it points to about
3: And you're going to do the same with Dubai? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get my flyers translated to both Thai
0: and Arabic, and also a couple of lines, and that this room is still
3: on offer. OK, well, I'll get this on the end of episode 10, and you and your family stay well. Take care, Peter. Yeah, all right then, bud. Speak
2: to you soon. Produced by Lewis Borge Cardona, Manhunt, Finding Kevin Paul is written and edited by Mark Sandell. Narrated by Sinetra Sarka, the series is a six foot six and five live production for BBC Sounds.
1: An unidentified body in a remote Norwegian valley
5: the head down there. Who was she?
1: And what was she doing there? I'm Mari Tegraff.
5: And I'm Neil McCarthy. And in Death in Ice Valley, we tried to find answers to a mystery that has remained unsolved for 48 years.
7: There are somebody living who knows more about this case.
1: Tracking down eyewitnesses and using new forensic technology. Now I'm cutting the truth.
5: Telling a story set deep in the Cold War with strong hints of espionage.
1: If
3: you take the missile, I will shoot.
1: But it left us with a lingering feeling that someone didn't want the truth to be
5: known. Why all this secrecy? It was like a cover up on Earth. Uh, happened that day.
1: That's Death in Ice Valley from the BBC World Service and NRK.
5: Just search for Death in Ice Valley on BBC Sounds. I think we'll break this case right now.